This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. We've been doing a series of podcast episodes with Tim and Matt Simmons where they talk about church planting mistakes. In this episode, they're talking about the idea that people don't want to talk about money. You can find the full notes on everything that Tim and Matt have to say at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 129. So here are Tim and Matt. Okay, well, welcome to the uh, Broadcast Church Planting Podcast uh, with Tim Simmons, myself from Manchester, and uh, my brother Matt Simmons, who leads a church in Amsterdam. And we've been talking over the last few weeks uh, about the mistakes that we've made in church planting, uh, and we've used that as an angle to kind of talk about some some of the realities of what it is to plant a church, the good and the tricky. Uh, and today I wanted us to talk about um, a mistake um, which I suspect every church planter has made in some way or another, but we'll, we'll couch it in these terms. And the mistake is that people don't want to talk about money. People don't want to talk about money. So the mistake is often uh, that in church planting for lots of different reasons, and we'll get into some of them, uh, that's um, your people in your church uh, or in your plant, whether that's your core team or whether you've got to a stage where you've got a more established church, that people uh, are, are defensive and don't want to talk about money and that it is an issue to be avoided. Uh, it's like the, the old joke about going to a dinner party. You never talk about religion, money or sex. They're the things you don't talk about at a dinner party. Well, in church, the things you don't talk about are money because there are lots of reasons for that. Um, so, I wanted to talk about that for a bit uh, and to start by asking you, Matt, what your journey was in because you um, I started in a, in a kind of multi-site. So I planted the first one out of a multi-site. So the church was a little bit established financially. It had a bit of a base, not a huge one, but a bit of one, which meant we had some money to play with. Whereas you started effectively from scratch with your core team. Um, uh, so what you did very early on to start talking about money. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's definitely a, a mistake. People made a mistake I made uh, was not, not uh, honing in on the subject quickly enough. Um, and I guess I didn't do that. I didn't talk about money enough for, for a couple of reasons. One would be that you feel when you're the church planter, you feel quite, exposed in that sense that when you're part of a in a big church and you're part of a team you can talk about money uh, but the outworking of where the money goes is to you know different staff members and different buildings and a massive budget with lots of different costs whereas when you're a church partner and you, you're trying to raise money it's much more personal because um, you know either comes to your salary or or to something to do with you basically now, whether the money's going to be spent on you or you're going to be spending the money, it feels very personal. So it's more difficult to kind of embrace that. And then I guess probably I didn't talk about it so much, partly just for a, a, a missional reason. You know, it's one of the big defeater beliefs of why people don't like the church is because they think that we talk about money all the time. So it's very easy to kind of 
hide behind that and say, well, we're not going to talk about money because it's not what people want to hear. And we're trying to reach people. So we'll find we'll find other ways to raise money, but we won't. We're not going to pass the bucket round. You know, we're not going to um, make a big deal of it. Um, so that's the, the, um, that, that can kind of stop you from going there. I guess the other reason that it's difficult is that church partners will gather um, lots of young people and young families, particularly if you're young-ish yourself when you're planting, you gather people yeah. like yourself. Yeah. Um, so then it makes it, you're aware that young people and young families don't have a lot of money because they've got student debt, credit card debt, you know, probably only one working if the mum's at home with kids. So then you don't want to talk about money because you know they don't have, have any, you know. Yeah. It's easier when you've got a room full of middle-class, well-off people. Um, so those are some reasons I probably didn't do it. Um, yeah. I can't remember what you asked me, but there you go. <laughs> what your journey was in it. Oh, right I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I, I think uh, it really, um, I mean, we we realized we needed to talk about it at the point where I realized I was about to get fired. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just, there wasn't the, there wasn't them. So there was a good, they had enough money to get me started uh, planting, but it was kind of a year long and the money was spent. Um, and actually, God was very gracious. They had they had 20 grand in the bank to spend on me. And by the end of the year, that 20 grand was still there. Um, but we they still had to cut my salary. I went from five days to three days and stayed there for about four years, I think, three or four years. Um, and But we realized that even at that, because I planted into, uh, similar to what you're saying, an area of Manchester, which was very young and student-y, uh, there isn't wasn't a lot of money there, uh, but we realised a, a few things actually. Thinking, okay, well, I, Tim's either going to get fired or people need to start giving. One one of the two has to happen, and so it forces you to take a couple of steps back and think. Well, what do I actually believe about? What am I hoping for? Am I just hoping that we're going to have enough money to keep me in a job, just about, or am I believing that actually we we want the world to change, and part of that is how people use their money and think about their money. Um, and so we, we did a lot of work as elders, uh, kind of the kind of core team of CCM across. We were two sites then just thinking, well, what do we actually, what do we believe about what, about money? Do we believe it's an issue of just functionality? We just, this thing, we need money to pay for stuff. Or is it actually, we believe this is a discipleship issue. Jesus talked about it loads um, money has great power for incredible good and evil all at the same time. Uh, and that evil often looks incredibly mundane and people just spend their money complacently without thinking about it, um, which is, a, is an evil in a funny way, because there are people in the world who can't spend any money because they haven't got any and they have to think about every single penny. And so there, there is a there is work there to be done. So we worked really hard on making it a discipleship issue. So whenever we talk about giving, we talk about saving money as well for people and spending money. Um, yeah, it's a, a fascinating thing, really. Um, so when you started talking about giving, did you or, or about finances, did you just talk giving or did you talk about other things too? Yeah, I, I guess I probably would would have talked about it more from the pastoral angle first. Um, um, you know, it's an issue of idolatry obviously and particularly in cities like we're trying to reach 
it's very it's a quite an obvious idol in people's lives and across the city. So it's quite um, that that's it in a way almost a, 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 an easy way to talk about it because you you can confront something in people's lives. Um, it's probably a bit easier than than doing it for for kind of church reasons for saying oh here's our budget these are the things that we need to do. So I probably probably hit it from that angle first. Yeah. Um, I think what one thing I noticed, um, it doesn't sound very spiritual. It might be a bit cynical, but when I look at the churches, the church plants here in Amsterdam that I know of over the last five to ten years, um, I think the most successful ones have actually been the ones that have had the most money invested in them. Um, I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be successful. There have been people here who've had a lot of money and have it's not gone as they would have planned. But the ones that have kind of are now established and have grown and have uh, are lasting of various different sizes, there've, there've been big money behind them. Um, so actually, it's, yeah, it's, it, as well as it being a discipleship issue and a church uh, issue in terms of you being able to pay a salary, it's an issue of church growth, and yeah. it's quite a key thing for church planning. If you want church plants to succeed doesn't sound particularly godly but it is godly you need money to do it that's <laughs> just end of the day you've got to pay the bills and if you want to keep growing the thing then you're going to need to keep raising money so it's a really important thing to to get good at yeah yeah jesus had people with him who funded him and it? it talks about the the women that were with him that funded him yeah um, all as well yeah so um yeah it's really interesting as i've thought about this issue um because like with church plant particularly, like you've said, you're often the only one or one of very few on staff team or in leadership even because you either you started it or it's quite new or whatever. Uh, and actually, I realized in it that the amount of incredibly bad advice that there was <laughs> that I, from people who led bigger churches who sometimes had just come into the job of leading that bigger church and hadn't planted it, in fact, often the case, um, would give horrendous advice that sounds great and spiritual but practically pragmatically on the grounds was next to useless so one thing and it uh, the, we we may well disagree on this matt on the, so uh, is that um they would i've often heard church leaders say i don't want to know about anyone's giving in the church i ref, i just don't want to know about it uh, and would make quite a stand on that and um you listen and uh, I listen to these people and think so you're in quite a big church. So you probably have finance people on staff or someone administratively or managerially who does all of that for you. I, I don't have that person. I am that person. and the church leader. So they would make a, a kind of spiritual thing out of it, which then would make me as a planter feel a bit guilty because I'm like, well, if I don't look at a bank account, who else is going to look at it? So it's, <laughs> it's madness. Um, and also, I think it was, uh, this, I'll be a bit strong. I think it's a slight abdication of discipling responsibility, actually. Um, and not everyone, you know, that's is going to agree on that. It's just my take. Yeah. And they would say, well, it will make me think differently about the people uh, who give and don't give, um, which it absolutely does. But for the positive, I think, I realized there were people in our church who were actually very quiet on the, looked like they were a bit on the fringe uh, and I couldn't quite work out how to get them involved and then I realized they were hugely generous because they worked hard in the week. 
they were tired in the evenings, um, but they financially gave loads. And then suddenly your perspective shifted on them to some people who were very vocal, but quite stingy. <laughs> and so you think, oh, OK, this is interesting. Um, what, what was your approach to that sort of thing? Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd heard similar wisdom in different contexts that you, you shouldn't. And I think there's some wisdom in that that I think it probably depends on what sort of leader you are and your own personality yeah. and character. Yeah. But I can definitely see how it's, it's unhelpful to know what, what people give yeah. in, in some angles. But it is almost impossible to do that when you plant a church because, you know, it was the same as you. I was the only person that I opened the bank account. I was the only person that had a card to use the bank account. Yeah, the only yeah. person that, that really did that, at least initially. Um, so it was, it was difficult to avoid. Um, I think even in an established church, I think particularly if you want to bring someone into leadership or give someone significant responsibility, I think that's a pretty good thing to check. You know, are they, are they giving regularly? Um, you know, perhaps not so much the amount, but is there, is there a, a faithfulness there in, in, in giving? Because if there isn't, you've got to think, well, if they're not going to be faithful in this, what, what else are they, are they, uh, are they not going to be faithful in? So, um, yeah, I guess in some ways I've not really got my head around that still because it's yeah, part of me thinks, well, I don't, I don't want to know. Because even we've had times where people have turned up on a Sunday and particularly if we've been in seasons where I think, man, we just really need some more money coming to the church. Yeah. And you see someone come in and you ask them what they do for a living. <laughs> Sif come on to think, well, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you walked through the doors. Uh, and then you know invest your time in them and not the five students who are sitting behind them who (laughs) (laughs) who just want you to cook them dinner you know yeah yeah that's true it's funny you made a comment it's uh, about the kind of life stage of people of that and how it's easy to um to kind of talk to people the wealthier middle classes perhaps i mean we found in manchester that and because we come at it as a discipleship issue, I'm never actually too worried about the amount. Um, I, it's like you said, the faithfulness. So you look at life generally, and I do this for myself. So am I being faithful with the money that I've got in all of my budgeting and uh, and on my giving and giving to other charities? And uh, am I being faithful in saving so that my kids can have fun experiences and um, even, you know, for future you know, universities and marriage and all of that sort of stuff. Am I helping? Am I being faithful with what I've been given now? And so you you look at the, the whole life picture. But some of our most generous by percentage people by distance has been some of our students who like numbers. There was a couple of guys where I would say to our treasurer, I'm actually a bit worried he might be doing something illegal. He's given so much money. This is incredible. And so I, you know. We, I just went and thanked him for what he'd done and realized that he wasn't breaking bad and it was all fine. But it, so, but there's, and so I realized actually I found that the middle classes tend to be really well mortgaged up and their lives tend to be pretty maxed. And actually they, if you don't, this is trying to think of the right word of saying this without sounding ruthless. I think people, I, I, me and Vicky were very good with our money because we were taught when we were very young uh, how to be good with our money. And we put it into place when we were utterly skint 
Um, and so I think, well, I want to help all our people do that. Put these things into place when you're skinned. If you can be, if you can give a quid when you've only got a tenner, then when you've got a thousand, you'll be able to give a hundred. Um, but it's easy to do the the quid for a tenner first. Yeah. So we we work hard to teach on it, and we find when we get people who who join us who are older in life who haven't been haven't been taught or haven't built that in, it's actually much harder to convince them to change lifestyle. Um, cause you're saying, well, we want you to be generous in everything. So you need to change a lot in life in order to be able to do that. And that is a much harder conversation I've found and rarely fruitful to be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, another thing I thought about was the, uh, the kind of mentality of what, what you talk about publicly with money, um, and whether you go, so yeah, what your what your dialogue is about church finances, whether you you talk about the just how you talk about it, really. So we try and say we've all the money that we've got is what God has allowed us to have. We need to grow in order to do lots of things, but uh, He's given us what we have, and so we're never going to be frustrated about it publicly and or, or that sort of thing. I mean, what's your kind of approach to it? Um. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good way to do it. Um, yeah, I guess we, we would try and do, for the last couple of years, we've done like a, a, a like an annual meeting where we will report back to the church on our on our budget. And I guess, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to budget when you're church planting because it's, I mean, we found it impossible because um, we've set, the last few years we've, at the end of the year, we tried to set a budget for the next year and have been pretty adventurous, kind of talking 40, 50% increases, which you would never do in, a, in an established church. And yet with, within three or four months, we've had to kind of sit down again and think, oh, goodness, this isn't going to work at all. For, for good reasons, as in we've got way more, way more money than we coming in than we thought. But at the same time, we've, we've then... We've often already overcommitted ourselves on some things anyway, where we've got a bit carried away yeah. with not not in a bad way, in a in in a in a thought out, responsible, faithful way. I hope. Um, so our budget, basically, what I'm saying is, by the end of each year, our budget is completely different, yeah. both yeah. income and expenditure of what we thought it was going to be. Um, so it's quite difficult to stand up to the in front of the church and and talk about it sensibly <laughs> because. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think it, until things begin to settle down a little bit, it's quite it's, it's difficult to uh, rationally explain where where the where not where the money is going, but how how we're planning and budgeting and, and looking ahead. Um, so I guess we probably always the way we talk about it would be there, therefore a, a sense of adventure and growth because that's kind of the, the season that we've been in. Um, whereas I think when you're in a more mature setting, you then have to think differently. It's, di- it's different when you're talking about a kind of 5% budget increase, and that's something that you've really got to fight for to get the church through on, than it is when you're talking about a 50% budget increase, and you've got no idea, no idea whether that's possible or whether you will overshoot that by quite a long way. Particularly, you know, if you've got 20 people in the church, 10 people turning up, you've got 10, 10 new givers arrive. That changes everything as in complete. But then you're also going to have 10 students arrive 
or 10 people who don't have a fixed income stream and then it's, it's a different story so you could also have people leave yeah yeah totally yeah exactly we've had the same thing where where suddenly you think oh goodness they were really generous and they left and that's 20 percent of our budget is just gone yeah. just because of one person yeah yeah no it's tricky yeah um i had something clever i was going to say but it's gone i think for us we um yeah, we, we've realized that actually we we try and talk about money really quite regular. So we do, um, I mean, when you talk about your church meeting every year, we do it on a, we do it on Sunday. So we'll, um, we'll teach into giving and then we'll hand out a finance report to everyone in the room. We'll talk about the diff- this particular site that they're in, the giving there, and then church as a whole, and then what we're going for together. Um, and we just to try and be as transparent and as public as possible um and i always say you can come and ask me anything about our finances you can i'll tell you how much i'm paid pension everything um but you know uh, the questions will come back at you as well so um it's quite good fun um but so we try and do it that way and we've realized that for all of our site leaders and for myself included that uh, actually the the way that it grows is in individual conversation more than in sermons so preachers like to think that you know you just have to preach on an issue and it all changes but it rarely happens quite so simply um, and particularly for money we've realized that in order to engage people we need to we need to have the conversation with them uh, and because we do site similar journey to you 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 kind of live and breathe on a pretty small budget so you have to stay on top of it all the time if you if you take your foot off the gas you notice it really quickly because you're excited because five people have joined, but that is costly or, or 10 people. You might have to change the room that you're in and also it costs more money. But if you don't talk to them about giving it suddenly it, it becomes more difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a funny thing. Funny thing. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll, um, we'll finish there in a second. Um, so our mistake this week was people don't want to talk about money. Um, and actually I think, that that is not true at all. I think actually people on almost any subject <clears throat> want to be taught uh, and uh, are keener to hear about difficult things than us pastors um, would like to. <laughs> we, we think they are actually. Uh, and I think money is one of those particularly people are, are dead keen to know, understand what Jesus meant when he talked about money, about, you know, that actually you'll have, um, you'll be kind of overwhelmed, pressed down and overflowing, but also what he meant in terms of being generous and uh, what he meant when the, the woman put in a tiny amount and then rich people put in loads and he was more impressed with the woman. I think people want to understand how that works out and how you pay a mortgage and, you know, how you um, put kids through university and all sorts of stuff like that. I think people want to want to learn about that. And because there's so much financial pressure in the world, and it's so easy to get into debt without even thinking about it. People actually want to be taught how how to live uh, as someone who is godly and faithful and for the kingdom of God with your own money. And it's always very boring. I was in a church leader meeting actually the other week and they were talking about accountability, um, which is maybe an argument we can have for another day. But uh, he read out this accountability question list must be like 30 of the most insanely intrusive questions you've ever heard. Uh, and none of them were about greed. I was astounded. None of them were about, you know, have you got into debt? Or what's your credit card like? Uh, it was all about, you know, the, you, the stuff you would expect. But actually that, that pressure point of finance um, in relationships in church actually causes more grief when handled badly than 
uh, loads of other things. So I I think people want to talk about money. Is that your is that your conclusion as well? Yeah, I I think you're probably right that people people might not want to be told what to do with their money. Very good. They do want to be told how to look after their money. Yes. Is it because lots of people have never been taught what it is to wisely steward um, to save and how to budget. Churches don't really talk about that sort of stuff, but people are kind of crying out for it, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that another angle that we've not talked about, maybe is for another time, but is is the finances, how, how the church partner manages that themselves, like in terms of what what you even financially put into the church. But what does that look like? Because yeah, there's yeah. a there's a sacrificial angle to church planting, which I just I don't think I'd ever thought it through. Like I knew church planting was sacrificial, but I, I'd not necessarily thought through the financial implications for us as a family. Which, but then that does then affect how you you talk about it yeah, in lots yeah. of different ways. But yeah, I yeah. bet in the early days you were one of the poorest people in your church plant, but you probably proportionally gave the most because you were the most invested in it that would probably have been true wouldn't it yeah yeah i mean i think even for lots of just when when you you just you do lots of costly things to get there you know you might move house big changes in life and schooling and things that just cost money that you don't necessarily again it's just not a cool church planting thing to talk about like yeah before you go off church planting for someone that i had some really helpful conversations where people just said Let's talk through what this is going to cost. I thought, oh, you know, we'll just, you know, just pray and see what God does. But actually, that that hard conversation of working out the financial implications, I kind of wish I'd done. I'd, I'd thought it through uh, more rigorously. I think. Yeah, yeah. If someone had told you to, though, you wouldn't have done it. Yeah. All right. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And on that bombshell, we'll finish there. Uh, Thanks, Matt. That is our mistake for the week. We'll be back again soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that was said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 129. See you next time.